Hi. Hi. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> So, welcome. Hi. To the Podskier podcast. Hello, Podskier. <laughs> Where we delve into <laughs> the unique, the uh, obscure, the uh, little known podcasts and reach out to them. Independent podcasts and reach out to them and find out what makes them tick. Um, and uh, this week we had uh, Hunter Ferris from Song Appeal who we had a nice interview with. Yes. Uh, I One of the things that I, I like about the podcast that we reach out to, one of the things that really speaks to me is energy. And uh, when you have more than one host, um, you know, it's energy uh, between the two. Uh, Hunter does his show on all on his own every now and again, he'll have a guest, uh, but mostly it's all him. And the amount of work that goes into yeah. each one of his episodes yeah. is amazing. Hunter has the ener- enough energy for at least two people. Uh, he's oh, yeah. super, you can tell he gets super geeked. Oh yeah. Over, Definitely. over what he's doing. So, uh, I can't wait to bring this episode, this interview to you. Cause it's, Hunter, he, I, I I don't know if I could hang out with him on a personal level for a very long time because I don't. He is just so enthusiastic, and I don't have that in me anymore. <laughs> and I, and he's he's a he's a sweetheart. Obviously, I mean you're you're gonna you'll notice it. He's but he's just super excited. I can't I can't I couldn't hang with that for too long. There's a reason why you don't do anything pretty much outside of the house. <laughs> but I mean, and it's nothing against Hunter. It's just the who. It's who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hunter is Hunter is obviously an awesome person. He's, oh yeah. He, uh, I mean, on his own, he spends a lot of time putting each episode together uh, and doing all the research. And you can tell he just really, really loves doing what he's doing. Oh yeah. So music speaks to him, and I, you know, I wish. You know, there was a time when it did for me. I wish it did. Uh, and who knows? Maybe it'll come back someday. But I, you know, I I get, I think I get more geeked out when I notice other people geeking out on things. So that would pretty much be the whole reason why you started Thanks. a podcast. Well, yeah. About that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and so and but in really getting to learn about, you know, the the little things that make them them, you know, the the hosts, you know, whether Hunter, you know, his he well, he's 100 percent about music, teaching yes. music, learning about music. And then, you know, that's blogging that's, about music. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's uh, it's that's 100 percent. I mean, but, you know, and then we get to, you know, people like uh, Rosie and Derek from Rabbit Hole Motel, who Rosie is on her her daytime job. She's a luthier. I mean, that's cool. I mean, uh, you know, I, 
that she I think she's the first uh, after having played upright bass for as long as I did. I mean, she is the first luthier that I have ever come across. So uh, that was that 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 made me excited. So. <laughs> Um, and then, and Derek and his improv. And so, yeah, so the, the things that go to make them what they are, uh, and, and that energy that comes into the pot and their podcast, I think it's just awesome. So what do you think about that? Absolutely. Those are the podcasts that I enjoy the most when people are really enthusiastic about their subject. Mm -hmm. Uh, it just, it comes right through. Right. And you can tell, you know, there's some people who, they're mailing it in, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and there may, and there may be podcasts out there. There are podcasts out there that they don't speak to me as a show. But well, be- you don't like the more like newsy ones, or I, I don't. I, I don't you that know, kind it, of presentation voice. Yeah. Well, not only that, it's there could be yeah other content, whether it's news, politics, you know, and it's I could I could. I've been down the rabbit hole of politics and I could easily just, you know, get in and I just don't want to, it's way too much. It's with what's going on now. It's, I just oh, don't I get it. That, that I, wasn't exactly no, no, what I was talking no, about but, though. But the, what do you mean? Well, oh, you mean the, the very dry. Well, the, yeah, the delivery <laughs> the, is yeah. I'm presenting this to people right. instead of I'm talking about it. Right, right. You'd ra- you prefer the ones where they're sure. talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, so not that I don't, that like, ser- I, ser- I like the other ones. So. Well, like, ser- <laughs> cereal as an example. Uh huh. Um, very good, uh, very well done production, of course, NPR. <laughs> Um, uh, it's, but it's but not it's something very, you would listen to like every day. No, it's, I, I, it wouldn't be my go-to. It's good thing. It's good that they have seasons because on and on and on and on listening to that would just, it would be dull to me. It's like, but it's like sleep with itself, me. The whole point yeah. of sleep with me yeah. is he's just yep. going on and on and just talking and, <laughs> but even he's more exciting. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I like- you know, when he does talk about Doctor Who, I have to like switch the episode because I will start paying attention. Like, Wait, which episode are they talking about? <laughs> and then he's got the uh, the dinosaur and the dinosaurs. He's going to. You OK? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's like, yeah. And then there's the uh, the dinosaur and then the, he throw, the golf ball. He ch- the dinosaur chases the golf ball. And then I'm. Uh, Which, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, 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 he's intentionally talking about it in a way that is going to kind of make you just kind of tune out, tune yeah. out and yep. zone out. And but whatever, it's Doctor <laughs> Who related. And, you know, he does like a million episodes a month. So yeah. when it's Doctor Who related, it's like. Uh, oh no no no! Gotta switch this one. Can't I cannot listen to this one because I'm following. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and it's I same with um, I could do that with Welcome to Night Vale as well mm, because yeah. Cecil's voice is just so smooth. I mean, and it's a, a, but up until the and now until the weather, the weather. yeah. <laughs> And that's just like, oh, that wakes me up. Yep. So if, if, if there was a way on Welcome to Night Vale where you could just say, skip the weather so I could listen to it while I'm going to sleep, it would be perfect. Yeah. That's that's just my view. <laughs> so have you uh, have you been listening to anything? Um, well, honestly, not not a whole lot. It's um, 
I'm a teacher and it is December. Mm-hmm. And when I'm not at work, now that report cards and progress reports for IEPs are done and in, um, if I'm not at work, I'm uh, probably just zoning out on Facebook. And I even when I uh, like slept in this morning and just kind of laid in bed not wanting to get up, I could have. But my brain went, I don't want any input that might make you think today. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Because, yeah, I'm trying to catch it's... up on Podscare, actually, was the last thing I was listening to. So, and I'm a few episodes behind yeah, on the ones I, that I'm not in. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of stuff out there. We've got a lot of stuff, uh, you know, and. Uh, well, what have you been listening the, to? Whoa, oh, geez. You listen, we're, oh, oh, golly. Oh, geez. Oh, well, I mean, Song oh, Appeal. We, I was song listening appeal. to that yeah. in preparation. Yeah. Song Appeal, of course. Which was um, awesome. Yeah. Uh, where'd it go? Yeah. Uh, so no subject. Um, I've been listening to, um, those are our friends from Wenatchee, uh, that, uh, Brian and Andrew run uh, common ground football co- podcast along with, uh, Chelsea, who is Andrew's wife. They do, uh, no subject. Um, this most recent episode was Brian, Chelsea and Veda, who is another friend, uh, of theirs also over in Wenatchee. And, uh, so yeah, been listening to them. Um, what else? What else? Um, the hell is going on with my podcast? It's like, oh, there we go. Nope. It's like my Google podcast is being weird now. It's like not displaying my, uh, what I've been listening to. I don't know why. It's like, hmm. uh, I, hmm. so let's see. That's weird. Cause you listen to so many. <laughs> yeah, I do. It's, like, it's not but, like you didn't listen. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, I've got my, uh, I wonder if it's, I logged out and log. No, that's, I don't think that's it. That's really strange. It's a, yeah, my, uh, all my podcast lists from my Google podcasts appear to be gone. Like, and it doesn't even show that I'm subscribed to no subject right now. Oh, so something is being very, something is amiss. Very weird. So, uh, so yeah, no subject, um, uh, subject, um, super fun time trivia. Um, what else uh, have I been listening to? Do, 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 do. Wow. I'm really bummed that my stupid podcast is not showing me what I, what I have. Um, so, uh, man. Uh, oh, uh, Pitney and Amelia. Oh, yeah. You were telling me about that one. Pitney and Amelia. Um, uh, and then... Um, because we're next up, we've got uh, Janessa J. Um, uh, is that the after dark? Yeah, Janessa J's after dark. That's uh-huh. uh, and we've got her coming in next weekend. Uh, and then the final, Ooh. yeah, uh, the uh, the final one is uh, for the year will be the play party podcast. Um, they are a kink BDSM polyamory podcast. So, well, this sounds like fun. Yeah. They will be our uh, final one for the year. So cool. Um, 
and then I know it was also uh, I haven't I haven't gotten caught up on them recently. <laughs> well, mostly because they had been away for a while. Uh, they moved from Tennessee to New York. Uh, the Oddballs. Oh who, yeah, uh, yeah. Ray, uh, Sarah and Raygun. Um, so uh, I haven't uh, listened to them recently, but I know we're trying to set something up with them. Uh, hopefully, will be our first one of the new year. We'll see. Um, and then, wow. I don't, yeah, I don't it's know what else. almost January. Yeah. Three weekends. Well, after this one, two weekends left. So Right. Uh, the and, weekend before Christmas and yeah. then the weekend before New Year's. Yep. That's crazy. Yep. What are you excited for for Christmas? Anything? I am excited for two weeks off. Yeah. <laughs> What's uh, that like? I don't know. You tell me. You just. I don't. I, I don't. I get bits and pieces off. I don't. Yeah, but that's intentional. Yeah, well, it, it's... <laughs> like, you could choose... Well, you wouldn't be able to choose to take some of the same weeks as me because you can't take off time in the biggest time of the year that I get off. Right. But, um, well, besides summer, if I don't do summer school. Um, but, yeah, like... There's one in February, one in April... We can make this work. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and we well, uh, we've got uh, we got PodCon coming up. Oh, in Jan- yes. Uh, oh, so and my birthday. PodCon, Tiara's birthday. Tiara will be how old are you going to be now? Forty. <gasps> and goddamn proud. <laughs> I made it to forty. I would just like to put that out into the world. All of you people who knew me before including myself, <laughs> who never thought I would get there. I'm going to be 40. 40. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Are you excited about being 40? I, I, How do you I'm, feel about being 40? It doesn't feel much older than I am now. Like, I don't, uh, I don't see that as some kind of weird, like, milestone. But mm-hmm. it's kind of a family joke that my dad has been 39 since he turned 39. Mm-hmm. which was in the 80s, if I remember right. Might have been the early 90s. I can't do math in my head right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's been 39 for a good chunk of most of my life. So uh, I've been teasing him ever since I turned 39 that I was going to be older than him. <laughs> I, I might stay at 40. I don't know. Okay. But I am very happy to turn 40. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember what it was like turning 40 now. It was the year we got married. I, it was the year before. We got married in 09. I turned 40 in 08. That's right. I turned 30. Okay. So <laughs> so it was uh, when you proposed to me. Sure. <laughs> Trying to do... I can't do math, remember? <laughs> I have to teach it enough. Oh, poor baby. I know. That's rough life. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> So, um, uh, anyth- so, anything you'd like to divulge while we're while we're hanging out? I'm uh, nothing. I, I don't have he anything just in my put mind. Me on the spot, like I, I have some kind of secret or you something. Do I? A, you may have a secret. I don't think I do. Would you like to tell a secret? Ooh, <laughs> closer. Let me whisper in your ear. Rear. Oh wait, what? <laughs> Say the words I long to hear. 
I'm in love with you. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> okay, that was terrible, though. That wasn't even good. We didn't no. even harmonize or anything. No, we did not. And my nose is stuffy and... Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <sighs> no, I don't know. I can't think of anything. Nothing, nothing I mean... new. Nothing new, nothing fun. <laughs> um... Anything you're excited for? Like, I really feel like I'm forgetting something. What am I? What I am don't I missing? Know. <laughs> no, I, I can't think of anything that you're missing. I uh, I do actually. Uh, between now and the next episode, I will uh, be kind of following Dawn's progress of having my poo hole scoped. Um, I'm going in on Wednesday. Oh, that's this week. Yeah, I f- forgot that that was this week. <laughs> Did they give you all the prep stuff? Because I haven't seen anything around the house. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about all the things that you really should do to make your stay in the hospital much, much better. Yeah, they because I could not do them. Yeah, they haven't told <laughs> they haven't told me anything to do. That's uh, crazy. Let's like, see. I had a list that put me out a week before the procedure of hmm. stuff that I was supposed to do. Well, let's see. Uh, ba, 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 my chart. So I know they've sent me an email recently. Um few t- details uh appointment yeah, confirmed. so for those of you who don't know over the summer i started rapidly losing weight and we still don't 100 percent know why but even though i was 39 they still thought that it was important to check everything out so endoscopy and colonoscopy happened um oh, like um two months ago no not even that long ago and CAT scan and a whole bunch of other things. Again, we still don't know what was going on, but I definitely learned a lot of things that would have made made things easier had I been able to do them. Hmm. So. All right, then. I mean, I was lucky enough, quote unquote lucky, that I wasn't able to eat much at the time that it was happening anyway. So um, changing my diet for your for my procedure wasn't that difficult other than chicken broth. <laughs> yeah they haven't uh given me any instructions maybe i'll give them a call yeah uh, i would do that because if yours is wednesday you want to start prepping today really mm. so yeah give them a call tomorrow because you may have we may have to reach <laughs> re-talk about food this week <laughs> <laughs> eh. <laughs> no it's trust me it's for your comfort <laughs> Did you not think I'll be comfortable? I think that they won't be able to do the whole thing if you don't do the things that you need to do. And therefore, you'll have to have more than one. Good one. So. Good one. Well, they explained to me, and we're going to do this, we're going to do this. (laughs) Excuse me. They explained to me that um, if you can completely clean out that whole track... Mm-hmm. then it makes it easier for them to find things sooner. Uh, so if you do have something in there that could be serious, but you don't do enough to clean everything out, they might miss it. And you know you have to sign paperwork to that effect, basically. So it really does surprise me that they didn't mention something about that. No, they didn't. All right. Well, so You're calling your doctor in the morning, and I'm after we get <laughs> off the podcast, I'm going to download some of the instructions that my doctor gave me, so you can take a look. Okay. Okay. Because I love you. Yeah. Well, I, I just put butt. those. I just. <laughs> <laughs> it's a butt for. 
Um, yeah. So, eh, whatever. <laughs> it's not like now that I've been through it, it's just not do it that for fun. scary. No, <laughs> no, there's too many feet of bowel in there for it to be all that fun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not start talking about that, okay? <laughs> 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 Gonna use the whole hand, Doc. Uh, <laughs> is Don driving you or something? Uh, I don't Because with mine, uh, I had to have somebody who well, checked in with me and said, yes, I'm picking them back well, up. Well, I when guess you call I'll me. have to, when I talk to my, when I talk to him tomorrow. I'm so mad at your doctor right now. Because I just, I, I, there's, there's not, when I fill out the thing for my appointment, it doesn't say you're coming in for, I'm come I'm doing this for a colonoscopy or this or this. I just, it just says an appointment. And then I, then I fill in on the text. I say, this is what I'm looking to do. So, um, so. But then when, I mean, it's not your doctor that does a colonoscopy. Yeah, I don't know who so, does it. So I don't know. I yeah, don't. I they don't, should have sent you something. That's they all sent I was me saying. Nothing. That Nada. bothers me. Okay. Nothing. Get you on my insurance. <laughs> well, in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, a year or two. Um, so, uh, yeah. So next up, what well, we've got? So we've got. Uh, next up, we've got Janessa J. Uh, yes. next week, we, the week after we've got play party, but today we've got uh Hunter from song appeal. Yes. So I, uh, look forward to bringing this to you. I think, uh, it was, we had some, a couple of technical difficulties in there. With, with yeah. That. So but, how'd know, that turn out with the editing? It's fine. Okay. Uh, uh, so, but I mean, it, it's not horrible. I've had worse. So, <laughs> okay. uh, but no, it's, it's actually not bad. Um, you know, the, you can only, the problem with some, sometimes doing a remote is that the talk back, uh, if you don't have the right kind of headphones, uh, comes, bleeds through back into the microphone. And so there's kind of feedback that happens, uh, happens on both ends. Um, so like if I, if you were talking and I brought my head right next to the microphone your voice, in a weird way, would come through my microphone. Yeah. Okay. So he's explaining something that I did during well, this. <laughs> and this hasn't just been you. It's been it's been on both sides. It happens. All right. But but also, I mean, uh, I mean, there have been other podcasters that I've interviewed because they're, and they're wearing usually it's earbuds or whatever. Oh yeah. And that, and that bleeds through a lot more. Yeah. So than regular over, over the ear headphones. So, um, that's, uh, eh, it is what it is. I, I, I edited for it and fortunately, you know, we had some extra time. So I've got, I think I've got that all covered. Um, but yeah, uh, fun interview regardless. Uh, Hunter is brilliant. Um, and super, knowledgeable and if if you if there's things you want to know about music theory and you're trying to learn how to apply it to uh to pieces of music uh he's got he's got answers yeah and let me tell you <laughs> as a former music major who literally quit college the first time because music theory was just too much for my brain i understand it when he when he talks about it so yeah. listen to his podcast yeah it's Oh yeah, I, I mean, are and, interested in that kind of mm -hmm. 
the background of why things are done the way they are. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, and his, his shows are at the most 15 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, and so lots of, lots of really good content in bite sized chunks. So, uh, you, you, uh, easy to, uh, to get satiated with, the, <laughs> with, with your music theory content. All right. So, uh, do you have anything you'd like to uh, say before we uh, jump into our interview? Mm, no. No? Okay. Well, in that case, like we always like <laughs> to say. Pet dogs. Eat bacon. Give hugs. Be nice. Don't. We, what, what is it that Will Wheaton says? <laughs> don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. We love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Uh, this is uh, this is we have Hunter Ferris from Song Appeal on the line, and uh, how are you doing today, Hunter? I'm doing great. Good to see you guys. <laughs> Good to see you too. You know what? I've uh, I've been listening to you since I started. I think I reached out to you back when I first started, or you for we were. I think we both started right near, right around the same back time. Back in the end of March. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, <laughs> well, I think our first episode was in May, but so you, you, I think you, you had a bit of a, a, a start on us, but, um, uh, but, but it was, yeah, right near the same time that, uh, you know, I, when I was kind of getting the idea and then I started reaching out, looking or trying to find, uh, independent podcasts and, uh, that, that had good energy and cool content and, yeah, but you know, we're independent you know, cause us indie folks just don't have the, uh, the, the reach that, you know, the, uh, the NPRs and the gimlets and what have you do. And so, don't uh, we wish. so I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously. So I, I really wanted to reach out to you and, and, and get you on with us because I thought you had a really cool premise. Um, so why don't you, uh, kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, what uh what your background is and how you got the inspiration to do what you well, do. Well, thanks a lot. I'm flattered. Let's see. So, I I started playing music when I was about 4. I started on piano about 10 years later, started on guitar. Um about 5 years later, picked up the organ and about 3 years ago, I've been I started teaching people to play piano by ear, basically by taking music theory skills and oral training skills and applying them to the students' favorite songs so that people could really love learning the piano. About, let's see, about a year after that, I mean, to be honest, all my life, I've had this big question of, why do we like the music we like? Why do I like that song? Why do I not like that song? And about a year ago, maybe two years ago, I started to notice these little psychology ideas and little music theory ideas that seemed to just make songs click for me. And I wanted to show those off in ways that would in ways that would make music theory cool. Because to be perfectly yeah. honest, one of the big reasons why I do anything in life is to help people to become more passionate about what they do. I want to help people to stop being as bored with their lives and stop hating their <laughs> lives and start yep. actually enjoying what they do to love going to work and to love their classes at school and to love what they're <laughs> learning and love what they're doing. And I see so many people who hate music theory that I just think this is a niche that needs filling. Somebody needs, 
no kidding there's a twitter account at dark music theory that literally all it does is it retweets people complaining about music theory yeah little known fact the first time i went through school i was a music education major Ah. and theory yeah theory and i are wait i could i couldn't handle yeah and and my so dry to me i couldn't do it yeah my daughter my daughter is in her freshman year at central washington and she's, she's majoring music. in music yeah. too so essentially i wanted to take those frustrations about music theory that you and your daughter have and turn them into something that can be genuinely enjoyable i wanted something like uh freakonomics radio that takes economics and makes it seem really really cool or because science with kyle hill that takes basic physics problems that you would see in a math textbook and turns them into the coolest thing ever. I I wanted to do that to music theory by answering the question, why do we like the music we like? That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, if you can make music theory relatable, that that's awesome. I mean, I kind of, and I I think what some, something that's kind of relatively recent that Tiara and I had come across, uh, and, and and you actually kind of cover this. There, uh, there's a song by a by an Australian group called Axis of Awesome. Yeah, called <laughs> called Four Chords. Yeah, yeah. And and I know you you've hit on the the uh, Don't Stop Believing a number of times <laughs> in, in your episodes, it and it follows that same pattern. Oh, of course, that, it does. You know the the four chords. Oh yeah. So yeah, and 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 that's that song is a beautiful representation of oh my god this really tells you <laughs> so much about why why the why those same patterns make for popular songs yeah it really kind of ruined some of those popular songs for me because now anytime <laughs> i hear them i then go into that axis of awesome song yep. four chords instead of singing the actual words at the same time the axis of awesome song is a lot of fun but the, I, oh yeah i hear a lot of people who talk about pop music in ways that just ruins it in ways that just ruin music theory. Like I recently saw a sketch of some, a comedy sketch of somebody pointing out that all these different songs for four chord songs and saying, it's hardly harmonically interesting. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's hardly harmonically interesting. This is really, really interesting. This is not how these chords are supposed to work. Those chords are supposed to do that. Well, yeah. So, Cause you mean, yeah, you've got, a, and you've got so, I mean, you've got a, so much I can, ima- I can only imagine what you've got in in uh in the jar coming up next for because there's i mean because there's so many interesting pieces of music i mean even from simple to very i mean you could i mean from very straightforward punk type music to things that you know if you're just kind of in the pop rock i mean you you could look at people like frank zappa who've done crazy complex things and uh so yeah there's a ton of stuff I've got some really fun stuff coming up. I just, I don't want to talk about this in ways that it sounds like pop music is trying to manipulate <laughs> you or saying that pop music is boring. No, I want to say this, it, th- there are good reasons why you like this song. There are good reasons why this song is fun. Well, there's, I, I do think that, that music execs know, know a lot of that, know this a lot. They may not know the details of it like you do, but I think that there's, you know, there's some formulas that that have, you know, that the music executives kind of say, OK, well, I like the way you've done this. But if you could rearrange this and this, 
you know, you know what I'm saying? That I think that they, they do know that those patterns and formulas exist and they, they're probably, they're, they're in there trying to manipulate things to, to make you relook at those things or try to, you know, have a better enjoyment of them. Yeah. They just really don't like admitting that there's a formula. Oh no. Oh, God, I, yeah. yeah. It's, it's there. I mean, well, it's, I mean, it's been, that's why we, I mean, you know, from, you know, classical, the classical music. I mean, there's a reason that those classical pieces have lasted so long is because those patterns that we still, you know, I think you even talked about uh, Beethoven's fifth. That's still a very popular song today. And it's still, there's patterns through all throughout that entire, that, that entire piece. One of my favorite things about that is that somebody had made a, uh, a, a, an animation with that and having uh, oh yeah the, having the, where the notes were like falling like right the, the notes the, the well they were like they were they were fall yeah it was it, so yeah it was, it was gorgeous lots of <laughs> the artistic patterns what i mean for that you can see graphically that even they they match they, they they make these things that are that are enticing and intriguing so I think that's really cool that, I mean, if you can take that and make it relatable uh, across the board, I think that's awesome. And so that's the, the like your, your, your move from rock to pop to, uh, I mean, and, and scores and things like that, that have all these patterns that are, that, that blend. I think it's beautiful. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I've I, there, and there's things that I've that I'm curious about about, uh, and I don't know if you intend to cover them, but I because uh, I was just kind of jotting down things that I'd like to talk that I was kind of curious about is like cover songs. You know, there are some cover songs. Oh, he did when the whole like big I'm, yellow I'm, taxi I'm, one, like um, all the different versions of mm-hmm. it. Like that's. But yeah, and so but. Why are more? Because I'm, and there may have been an episode that I missed, but uh, why one cover song is better than another? So, so as an, or, or <laughs> I won't say is better. I won't. Not, I can't say better. So let's talk. So, let's, so <laughs> I will use my my favorite cover song uh, is "Hurt" by Johnny Cash. Um, okay. Okay. Sorry. And, Just as a disclaimer, uh-huh. there are so many songs in the world that mm-hmm. I don't know a lot of songs that people talk about. Like seriously, it's, you have no idea how many times somebody says a song, <laughs> and I'm thinking I should know that song. There, but well, there are just too many songs. No. Well, hurt. So hurt did hurt. So the original was a Nine Inch Nails song, right? And it was it was talking about his heroin use. Uh, Trent wrote it about his heroin use. His his addiction and trying to get over it and its effect on his life. Does Trent Reznor ever not talk about that? (laughs) Well, pretty much no, but I haven't listened to anything he's done in like 20 years other than that. But but yeah, so so yeah, but then, you know, probably two years before Johnny died, he, uh, and it was right after uh, June, Mm -hmm. his wife had passed away. He recorded it, and it was very so much emotional. It was a, it it changed the feeling of yeah. the entire song with him doing it. Not that the original isn't amazing, but even Trent Reznor, oh, after yeah. Johnny recorded it, said, "This is his song." Yeah, <laughs> it's a, yeah, and so yeah, so and and I've actually I you know I've actually sung that song for a for a karaoke competition that Tiara and I were in. And and I made the judges I made two of the judges cry. Two two male it was judges. That bad? Cry. No. 
it's it's a very emotional song. It's a very yeah, it, and the Johnny Cash version, like it just, I mean, he he sung it right after the love of his life died. Like you could feel the emotion in this song and the reason why he picked it and yeah. how, why he changed it and. Yeah, it was just a lot of those beautiful. a lot of those covers that he did before he passed. Yeah, he which, did a whole series uh, yeah, of them. I mean, uh, Chris Cornell's uh, 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 "Rusty Cage," right. um, yeah. and um, so and in my life. Yeah, so yeah, um, there's a lot. It's a lot of his the gravitas of his voice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think is is, is was something that was kind of awesome. So another one. So, and then, oh, sorry, go ahead. Up, go ahead. So I'll bring up one small answer to your question. This mm-hmm. isn't the answer, but it is an answer to the question. What makes some cover song so special to us? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's, it, am I understanding your question, right? Yeah. Yeah. What makes one stand out more than the, what makes a cover stand out more than the original? So I recently watched a video from 12 Tone, the YouTuber and elef- the YouTuber music theorist and elephant cartoonist. He's like one of the giants in music theory, in social media music theory. I recently got to interview him and that was like an honor. It felt like uh, it felt a lot like a science podcaster interviewing Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know how it would be. I would be totally giddy (laughs) okay so about three months ago ish 12 tone released a video about analyzing hurt by nine inch nails Hmm. and in the last oh minute or two he talked about the difference between the nine inch nails version and the johnny cash version now again i haven't actually heard either of these so i'm kind of just quoting 12 tone here but he brought up that basically what made the johnny cash version special in his opinion was that johnny cash took the basic core concepts of hurt took what the took the meat of the song stripped away everything else and brought in johnny cash he (laughs) he kept he kept hurt took away trent reznor and brought johnny cash to the table if you think of the the disturbed cover of sounds of silence Mm. or um michael buble's cover of all i want for christmas is you you can kind of get this feeling that the basic that that one way that a cover can become special to us is by stripping away the original artist keeping the core and the heart of the song and bringing in the new artist's flavor in a way that like you said trent reznor said this is johnny's song yeah yeah, and I, I think, at least according to Twelve Tone, that's part of the secret. Well, it also explains why I like Ike and Tina's Proud Mary so much better. <laughs> because I hate Creedence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> please, 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 please don't ask him why. Please. Uh, Ber- no, nope. Berkeley boys. Shh, nope. Shh, nope. So, well, I, and I, and I also wanted, I did, there was some, so I do have some other questions about, uh, Go ahead. scorers. Um, you know, people who have gone Ooh. from people who are, who have gone from being band leaders. Uh, so as an example, Denny Elfman, uh, Oingo Boingo has now become a score. Uh, one of the most well-known movie scorers. Uh, you know, from from Men in Black, pretty much anything that uh, oh gosh, the hair of Tim Burton. Tim Burton, thank you. Uh, the hair, my, the hair. Yeah. So you knew exactly what I meant when I said the hair. 
So I mean, Timber- he did he did Justice League and Avengers: Age of Ultron. Yep, that's impressive. So, so Daniel and then Stuart Copeland, who was from the Police, uh, also, also, you know, also uh, Mark Mothersbaugh, the head of De- the head of Devo, became the, the right. composer for the Lego Movie and Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so these people who have gone from, I just kind of, I guess curious on your take on that. I, I, there's, I don't think there's anything necessarily special in that. I mean, but I think it's, it's kind of an interesting curiosity. What made these guys go from rock band people to this you know, being so well known. I mean, cause it's, it, it doesn't seem like that's, you know, a super one-to-one correlation. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You're not, you're not somebody who's up there who's used to directing, you know, conducting a, uh, an orchestra for scoring. That's just, I, I think that's very, a very interesting prospect. Oh, it's a very, it's a very big jump. Um, Robert Kraft, the head of Fox's music department, said on a podcast a little while ago, yeah, he has a podcast. It's called Score the Podcast. If you want to learn more about film scoring, that is a great place to go to. Anyway, so Robert Kraft, the former head of Fox's music department, said that he frequently gets pop and rock artists who come to him and say, I want to be a film composer. It makes sense. I mean, Hans Zimmer, for crying out loud, was Mm. a rock guy before he became a film composer. Trent Reznor recently Mm. became a film composer. Uh, Dead Mouse is trying to become a film composer. It's a it's a Rob Zombie. (laughs) It's become kind of a well-known thing. And usually he tells pop and rock artists who want to become film composers just don't (laughs) because pop and rock artists really like their independence and their creative control Mm. and film score composers are exactly the opposite. The whole point of being a film score composer is to, is to take orders from somebody else of how to fulfill their vision instead of fulfilling your own vision. Yeah. Like saying, yeah, this is at this point in time, I, what I'm trying, I'm trying to convey this feeling and this is what I want. Exactly. Now, the big issue I think there is that it's a completely different intention. And so when you get a when you get a pop rock artist who actually did make it in the film score world, it's because they had such sheer dedication to the Mm. concept of becoming a a film score composer that they were willing to go through the absolute garbage that it takes to go (laughs) from the bottom up. And they were willing to let go of being a pop rock artist for a little while so that they could become a film score composer so that they could help somebody else fulfill their vision. That's something you don't see very often. I'm not trying to be rude to pop a rock artists. No, it's but like, it, it, is what it, what is. it is what it is. <laughs> pop, a rock, pop and rock artists. That's not what they're here for. They're, they're here to write a song and perform it and get their, and get their creative vision across. That's, they are the music version of a film director. They're not here to be the studio engineer or the studio musician or anything like that. If they were, they would go be a studio musician or a studio engineer. And that's kind of, that's more of a correlation between, there's more of a correlation between studio engineer and studio musician versus uh, film score composer than there is uh, pop or rock artist and film score composer. Mm. So basically it's, the big difference is the humility, especially right. if you're Trent Reznor. Yeah. <laughs> because he, 
because he has to work with David Fincher. Oh uh, yeah, well, I, 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 I did you see that uh, that documentary they did? I think it was on Netflix called I think it was called Hired Guns. Uh, I haven't. Oh, it's it's about studio musicians, and uh, okay, it's it goes into you know a lot of, about how these you know well known songs that you've heard that you thought were you know the original people in the band were actually these studio musicians, and but and they kind of they they got there's a there's a whole bunch of different pieces of that going from drama of you know like uh, Billy Joel's original band. Uh, and how that kind of crumbled apart and the drummer, uh, for, for Billy Joel ended up becoming a very well-known studio musician when Billy got, Billy apparently got swindled out of a bunch of, bunch of money from his, his manager. And then he kind of, because of that, he ended up not trusting anybody. So that's kind of how he, you know, when he, when he had his, his big hits back in, uh, late seventies, early eighties. And then he kind of went off on the pop thing. That's when all his original band kind of went away and he was more of the, uh, a product of the studio as opposed to him. Uh, and so, but, but they kind of followed the path of this, uh, the drum, his drummer. And I can't remember his name anymore. Who is? Sent- I'm kind of amazed that you said well-known studio musician. Well, he I for, 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 for I've literally well, never heard those words well, put in that well, order. And I, I and, the, I, and I, and I, within that, within that realm industry, of yeah. you know, of people who, if you're going to hire, so if, when they when studios would get to say that, okay, we need to have a drummer. He was like, he would have been. This is a guy that would have been top of your list. Yep. Uh, for a studio musician drummer, just because he knows how to be the backing guy and okay, this is the, this is the beat you're looking for. This is the vibe, you know, et cetera. And he would, and he would have it all notated. And so, yeah. Uh, and so it was, it was very cool. And they kind of went through and, uh, I can't remember the, the, the bass player or guitar player, I think that played for Trent Reznor. Uh, and they kind of went through that and, uh, went up, playing for five finger death punch and all this other stuff. And, uh, it was, it's just really interesting background stories into how these guys, uh, got to where they were in being studio musicians. So as I think it was, I think it was called hired guns is the name of the, or hired gun was the Sounds name like of, fun. Yeah. It was very, very, very interesting. Very, very informative and intriguing. Cool. So, uh, Speaking of scores, one of my one of my favorite scores, and this kind of goes into a, a term that that I learned from you called oh. uh, light motif, uh, and Murray Gold uh, from from Doctor Who, and 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 all the and key, uh, the the my favorite songs for, that he had done for Doctor Who was I Am the Doctor. Oh yes, that was <laughs> great. Da, 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 he did a good job. <laughs> So yeah, Murray Gold. I mean, so when I heard that, I'm like, that was the first thing that popped in my head. So thank you for teaching me that. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I learned that from a guy on YouTube, uh, nice. Sideways. Nice. Um, I, I'm not kidding. There's a guy on YouTube. He's called Sideways. He talks about film scores, and his whole thing is about light motifs. Like that. That is his thing. Um, to the point that his cover photo is a cartoon of a character saying with a speech bubble, "Light motif." <laughs> that's cool it's uh, you so know like I, anytime i think about light motifs i'm like hey sideways would appreciate this i you know i i love learning new things and i think that was a, that was a very cool term i had i had never heard that before but it makes total sense and, and do you it, think we should define it on your podcast just yeah, so I'll, your you, yes you do, i'll let i'll let you do that because you're better at it than i am <laughs> all right so a, 
So a leitmotif is the shortest possible piece of music that represents a person, place, or thing. Whether that's because you heard the piece of music at the same time as seeing the person, place, or thing so many times, like, um, as soon as you hear, you're already thinking of the opening crawl and a bunch of stars that are at war with each other. Or whether it's because the music itself makes you feel what that person, place, or thing would make you feel if you were standing right next to it. Like, um, bottom. You're automatically thinking of a shark, not Mm -hmm. just because we have this cultural association between that tune and the shark, but because I talked a lot about this in the episode about Jaws. The song Mm -hmm. is doing what sharks do, and it's making you feel how sharks make you feel, or at least how that shark makes you feel. Unlike the baby shark. Oh, no. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. Shut up. Baby shark. No. See, you already have me on on podcast singing that stupid song before it became a real thing, and now I can't escape that song. And shut up. <laughs> TR is also an elementary school teacher. So, <sighs> so yeah, TR, TR and I actually, actually met because of... Mu- because uh, of Baby be- Shark. Because, yes, because of Baby Shark. God damn it. <laughs> I, I, was, I was in a band. I was actually in a, I was in a rockabilly band, and she was doing roller derby. And so I was an upright bass player in a rockabilly band. I'm sorry, this is like the most (laughs) 90s indie movie thing I've ever heard in my life. Fuck yeah, and we're still that gross. Really, we are. I feel like Michael, Sarah, and and Zoe Deschanel are going to appear out of nowhere in this story. Okay, that's not very 90s, but you get the idea. Well, not with my age anyway. And and also, it actually happened in the 2000s. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. So, Michael, Sarah, and Zoe Deschanel is not that far off in time-wise of when this would have taken place. But so yeah, but so yeah, I was yeah, I, I was playing I was playing basically I was playing all fifties music, old mm-hmm. old school rock and roll. So and I was on a team where was, we had the fifties like hula pinup motif. Yep. Which is yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> and yeah, so he played a fundraiser for us, and then I hired his band to play the party, and then I got a present out of all of it. <laughs> Oh yay! Hired guns. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, I, I play. So I played music, and then Tr and I actually were, were had worked on. Yeah, d- until we I actually, went back to school. <laughs> yeah, Tr has an amazing voice, uh, and uh, she she's actually sung with with when I was in a band when she would come up and sing a few songs, and we would do duets, and we go do karaoke together, or we used to do it a lot more than we do now, but. It's uh, I missed that. yeah. <laughs> so actually, w- one of our plans is, uh, and I don't, I don't. Oh yeah. Are are you are you aware of, and if so, are you planning on going to PodCon? Um, kind of, and no. <laughs> Sorry, I live on like the other end of the country, so like, well, you. Anytime I see any of these conventions going on, I'm thinking, guys, can we get a little closer to home, like a little? Bit? We, we hardly not okay. Up, in, up until the last couple of years, Seattle hardly got any of these kind of things though honestly like this so, is this is a new thing but you're but you're 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 just in utah right <laughs> oh yes sorry i keep assuming that these things are in like new york oh, oh no, no. Uh, podcon, Orlando. PodCon, podcon is in seattle 
Okay, okay, that, like, that's better. I have driven to Salt Lake City from Seattle in one night before, so I'm sorry. <laughs> but the no, but we're we're trying to get a bunch of uh, a bunch of podcasters, indie podcasters, who we've interviewed, uh, and so far we've got there's uh, let's see, go your own way is coming out. Mm-hmm. Friday the thirteenth is coming out. Uh, Rabbit Hole Motel is coming cool. out. So and there's there's in in Seattle is a place called Rockbox, and you can get. A, car- a private karaoke room and they will bring you food and beverages mm-hmm. and you just hang out all night and sing and drink and eat. And you don't have to deal with strangers, <laughs> which as a former karaoke host, I'm very happy about that. <laughs> yeah, we've got a place down the street like that called Heart and Soul that does uh, that that takes the Korean vibe of oh, the yeah. Korean oh, yeah. karaoke yes. bar uh-huh. and uh-huh. does basically that business model. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, that. I think that's kind of where this started off, and then it, you I know, think it, Japanese. Yeah, Japanese. I think yeah. the rock boxes. Yeah. Were. Uh, so it's, but it's, it's a very cool place. We went there for a uh, a wedding uh, reception. Yep. <laughs> and 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 karaoke uh, for a wedding reception. So that was cool. So. Yes. Yeah. So we we uh yeah it's we don't get we don't quite get to go as much as we'd like to. Uh, there's there's a there was a place that we used to yeah. go karaoke all the time now it's then a CVS. yeah so they, <laughs> they, they they tore everything down and now yeah it's a big drugstore in seattle it's not pave paradise and put up a parking lot it's pave paradise and put up a cvs or a starbucks or a condo or a condo <laughs> or now yeah, apparently it's not nearly as alliterative i know right yeah it's not so that's not a poetic <laughs> so so you so do you go do karaoke uh, not nearly often enough. I literally cannot remember the. Oh, uh, the last time I did karaoke was I was back home over Thanksgiving break. I'm pretty sure. But like, if there's a party, I go and I have fun. If or rather, if there's a karaoke party, I go and I have fun. If there's another type of party, I don't know, dude. I'm I'm not nearly as social enough of a person as I should be. What's your What's your uh, when you go do karaoke? Do you have any go to songs that you What's What are your go tos? Um, I know full well that if I do "Haven't Met You Yet" by Michael Bublé, I'm going to nail it. So I just do that and sit down. So I don't have to make a fool out of myself. Always, always lead with your best. Exactly. Then once you've had a few drinks, try something new and just blame it on the alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a problem. I'm in a... uh, Okay, so I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Uh, Latter-day Saints. I'm in a culture that's full of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Blaming it on the alcohol doesn't work. work. On the alcohol... Yeah. Oh, see. Well, you don't. You don't. I I don't. I drink. I drink once a year on my birthday. That's the only time I drink. Um, just because usually when we're going out, nobody else drives. (laughs) Because Seattle. And so I've I've become I've just become the 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 designated designated driver. Kind of by choice. (laughs) So it's so yeah. In the entire twelve years that I've known him, Mm -hmm. I have seen him have more than like two drinks in one night, like a handful of times. Yeah. So. So. Yeah, and my, even then, that was like, wait, you 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 know you already had one. Do you my, remember that, right? Yes, yes, you don't have to make excuses but, to me. But my 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 but my my other vice would still be on the uh, the oh, on yeah. the LDS hit list. 
So I'm I'm a I'm a big coffee drinker. So that's <laughs> you don't have to make excuses to me. I'm not judging. No, you no, I, I know I know you're not. Because <laughs> in fact, we were talking. Uh, one of the one of the podcasts that we've interviewed was uh, was the woman's planning podcast. Mm-hmm. Who all live out near you. Um, so and and some are there's 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 three of them. I think one of them is uh, or two of them are former LDS. One of them still is kind of sorta. So yeah, we've we've had we've had some of the conversations and then uh, uh, one of Tiara's best friends and and has since become my friend uh, who uh, used to live. We we would go visit her in yeah, Salt Lake. In Salt Lake. Uh, now she's in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> so. We, we've been there. We uh, yeah. One of the things that we love about Salt Lake, In and Out, In and Out Burger. <laughs> it, it is almost probably the closest one to us. <laughs> like I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I can't remember. It, it's it's either that California. or or somewhere in California. Yeah, they keep talking about bringing one up into Washington, but I have not seen anything happen with that. Well, if you're worried, the people out here really appreciate having an in and out <laughs> as so, long as so they appreciate it and treat it fairly don't try to blame us for being ungrateful <laughs> all, right. all right i'll forgive you <laughs> in and out is good i mean as far for for a fast food burger right that's 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 the joint i mean i lived in southern california for 15 years so i got used to it and so it kind of bummed me and out you're also from texas so you had whataburger whataburger which I have to admit, that's a good burger. That's a good burger. That's a that'd be a that'd, that'd be a challenge. I think one of the the because In and Out tried to open up uh, in Dallas Fort Worth, yeah. and did it not work? It started off okay, but I don't think they could compete with Whataburger. <laughs> yeah, I think around here either of those it would be In and Out because In and Out has a name. Mm-hmm. Like people know that Whataburger. Mm, I think that's just a Southern thing, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's. So, I think that's Texas only. Is it? I think so. Okay. We have that back in Arizona. Don't oh, worry. Do you? Okay. okay. I, cool. Weird, isn't it? So, so, uh, so you're. So, are you originally from Arizona? I was born in Oregon. We uh, we realized we couldn't make enough money in real estate in Oregon after the housing market crashed, mm. and so uh, my dad quit his job. We sold the house. We moved into a thirty foot, a thirty five foot RV, and started moving east. And then we went too far east and couldn't keep going east because eventually <laughs> you just run out of land. There's all that water and, over there. <laughs> and so we started going south. And then we hit Key West and ran out of land. Oh man! And so we went north. And <laughs> once we got back to the uh, once we got back to the Panhandle, we started going west. And then we found Arizona and said, "This is the place." <laughs> and we, okay. We lived there for about ten years, and then I moved up to Utah about two or three years ago. Two years ago, yeah. So, two years ago. so if if you don't mind me asking, is is your is your family uh, LDS as well, or did you just oh, be- yes, okay? Yes. I wasn't sure if you just happened to move to Salt Lake after, and then said, you know what, this is this is my this is my jam. <laughs> nah, um, my mom is from a line of members of the church that goes back to the that goes back to the restoration of the church, and my dad is a first generation convert. All right, then. wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it it's always interesting hearing stories, you know, because I, I used to be, uh, I grew up very in a very religious. Well, I would I would actually, you know, it, it's kind of funny. I, I my first probably thirteen years 
were not very religious. Then when I hit high school, my mom got very, very religious. religious. <laughs> and uh, which when you're when you're a teenager and you're not used to that <laughs> and you're yeah. and, and the puberty strikes. That must have felt really restrictive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was going to a church that was uh, only singing. There was no there was no instruments. So uh, that was, and I was, and I was in the musician. I was, I, yeah, I was playing heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there was a, uh, th- there was some strain, I, I guess you could say. <laughs> I understand that feeling. Yeah. I've, I've been there. So we've, we've all been there. Oh yeah. Yeah. So when you're not, when you're not doing, uh, doing the music, what do you do? What's, what, what's your, uh. What do you mean when I'm not doing the music? Are, are, are you are you a hundred percent all music? I'm all music all the time. Well, <laughs> let's see. My job is teaching people to play piano by ear, right? And right. my show is teaching about music theory. And when I'm not doing either of those, I'm advertising for one of those, trying to get new students, <laughs> or I'm writing about music theory, or hey. I'm contacting music theory people, Dude. or honestly, I spend. A stupid amount of time in music theory. I'm sorry. Even <laughs> no, I have to take a break from it sometimes. I know that's um, why, because it's my. You know, I've I've been involved in tech and computers for thirty plus years, and I get I even I get burned out on the you know my passions. So <laughs> so mm-hmm. I just, last night I said I've spent sixteen hours working on this working on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm going to go watch an episode of Leverage now. <laughs> um, you know, I, yeah, I tried otherwise. to I tried to watch that show, and I think the the problem that I had with it was by the time I got to it, it was I couldn't find it to start the series properly. So, I've, ah. and because there's you know there I, I, there's so much I from I've seen so many gift sets of that. Uh, from having on the early days of Tumblr when people were, it was all fandom stuff. And so, and, and I thought it looked very interesting because there was a lot of nerdiness uh, entwined in it. I mean, with references to Dr. Who and things like that. So I kind of, that I kind of wanted to get into it, but I just, it just never availed its opportunity to me to get into that. So it looked very interesting. Well, I am very good at finding things for free <laughs> legally. Um, I, me too, but uh, maybe not. The legally. <laughs> <laughs> so I very quickly found how to find leverage online for free and said, eh, it's, it's mirrored. That's totally okay. I get there's some film theory stuff about which direction a character is facing, and I get there are some titles here that are important, but, like, I can work with it. Um, I just, I really like heist movies. I really like seeing people pull off clever plans, mm-hmm. and Leverage is an entire TV show of just that. So as long as doing that, it's my jam. Right when on. it doesn't do that, I get really, I get just confused, to be honest. I'm like, where did leverage go? Why are they doing a murder mystery? Why are they, why are they becoming political consultants? Where'd the show go? That's kind of like a, a, a one that was, was tried to do that was, uh, oh God, uh, Christopher Chance, uh, Human Target. Oh yeah. Uh, which was a, which they've actually tried to bring back in some of the CW shows because it was a DC character. Um, so, and he's popped in a few times into, uh, 
the Arrowverse. Uh, if you if you watch any if you watch the Arrow at all, um, I watched some of the Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Oh yeah, I love I love the Flash. I love Cisco. Cisco is probably one of my favorite characters. Uh, so yeah, I uh, and Legends of Tomorrow. Well, it had Rory from Doctor Who in it. John Barrowman. <laughs> well, John Barrowman was an Arrow. Oh, right, so right, yeah. Right. So yeah, but he was also he, he there was tons of crossover in those shows. So I I really like those shows. Great, great representation, lots of fun, uh, lots of fun going on there. So I felt like the entire first season of Legends of Tomorrow was trying so hard to say <laughs> just to not say we are Doctor Who, right? <laughs> Right, like, like I, every the opportun- of episodes I watched, that's pretty much exactly what I said. I was like, ah. every opportunity it had to make a Doctor Who reference, it went as far away <laughs> as possible. I, I think the only thing they 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 avoided saying was wibbly wobbly timey wimey. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're. It sounds like you are a Whovian. Is that correct? Enough of one to get by. Okay. <laughs> I'm enough of a Whovian. Uh, I'm enough of a Whovian to not get obsessed and to not see everything as a Doctor Who reference. <laughs> but I'm enough of a Whovian to have a decent conversation with and come up with fan theories with other Whovians. Yeah, I've, I I started watching Who when I was a kid with when Tom Baker was the Doctor. So okay. So fourth Doctor was my first Doctor. So, yeah, that said, I'm also enough of a Whovian that, um, okay, so they recently announced that they weren't going to do a Christmas episode sometime soon because, quote, we ran out of ideas. Right? (laughs) Oh, my God, that pissed me off a little bit. (laughs) And I and I said, guys, I've been asking for an elf on the shelf episode for two years now. I'm sorry. This thing moves when you're not looking at it. It spies on Listen. you. It go. It teleports. How is this not an episode it's, of Doctor Who already? It's, it, well, it, yeah. It's it's like it's like the uh, the Weeping Angels have taken yes! over. Exactly. Oh it's a Christmas version of the Weeping Angels. Yeah. It's just I, hey, I'm a little bit more innocent. I'm down with that. That's, Maybe that. No, creepy. that's that's yeah. Totally creepy. creepy. Oh Excuse yeah. This language, but oh my god. Yeah. Th- those things are weird. So, like. Yeah. So as soon as the BBC announced we're not going to do a Christmas episode for Doctor Who, I I started ranting about that to my girl to my then girlfriend, and girlfriend replies, um, are you going to write this episode? You need to write this episode. <laughs> I did not write the episode. <laughs> I should have written this episode. Maybe I'll send it to them next year or something. Well, if you think about it, that's kind of how Moffat started. He was a yeah. he was he was just a fanboy. Yeah. So, I mean, and uh, so, and I, you can't do any worse than Moffat. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> don't test them. We don't want M. Night Shyamalan or Yui Bull on Doctor Who. You know, who, you know who I want to take over Doctor Who? Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. No! I want Neil, if if anybody's going to take it over, oh, yes. Neil yes, Neil yes, Gaiman. Because yeah. And yes, that would him. be another fanboy. Oh, I love totally. that. I love that. And his storytelling. I mean, his storytelling is beautiful. Yes. I would who I would love and it's never going to happen is Phil Lord and Chris Miller. I, Familiar. Um, uh, remind us. They did 21 and 22 Jump Street. Uh, no. The Lego movie, <laughs> the Lego Batman movie. They were going to do Solo, a Star Wars story. And then the director <laughs> said, scrub everything they did. And they were the producers on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Ah. Okay. 
like tonally they get doctor who are, are, every single thing they've done has been an episode of doctor who are they british set in a different world are, are they, no yeah actually i don't know to be honest if, so like that's the main problem yeah if they're not british i, Again, I can't say that that i can't see that happening they're american uh, exactly like i said they're never going to have phil lord and chris miller taking over doctor who but they get it and they do really really good work are, are you watching the current season Nah, nah, I jumped out after they nerfed Clara. Oh, you know what? I actually the, I jumped out right when they brought in Capaldi. To be oh, honest. you know what? I love Capaldi. He actually turned out to it, be fun. Just, yeah, not that was the moment when I stopped being able to watch. I lost access. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, okay. Yeah, Capaldi. I, I well, I've liked him for a long time. He's just he's got that uh, angry Scots. <laughs> you know, he's, he's got the attack eyebrows. So yeah, that. His his whole character, I think, for who he is, was perfect. Um, but I and I but Jodie Whittaker, her her version, her take on the Doctor, I think, has been amazing. Good, yeah. yeah. And we're not even fully caught up yet. No, yeah, we're we're a few episodes behind. But because yeah, you know the, report card season. Yeah, they're, they're, but abs- they Yeah, there's not an episode yet that hasn't tugged at my heartstrings i mean that's i mean every i think every doctor who spoilers. episode tries to do that but well it's not hey it, no this, spoilers. there's no spoilers okay. i'm just saying every episode so far has really done i mean i've welled up i've teared up in every episode i absolutely love seeing peter capaldi playing the cranky old oh, man yeah. on doctor who yeah. and seeing peter capaldi playing the cranky old man on paddington yeah. and seeing yeah. peter capaldi play the cranky old rabbit on uh on christopher robin yeah. like, he just does that role so well oh yeah such a good choice and it's so it's even more fantastic because he's like an ex-punk rocker and it's just yep. that's how i imagine my entire generation these days we're just old, crusty, grumpy, but we still have good hearts. <laughs> yeah, well, because, yeah, he he, played, he was in a punk band with uh, Craig Ferguson. Yep. I don't know if you knew that or not. I, so, I didn't. Yeah. He was also yeah. the president of the Doctor Who Club in his school. He was, yep. Yeah. He, he, he was the only member of the Doctor Who Club <laughs> in his school. Well, that's actually, that. Um, Natalie, when she was in middle school, she met her best friend because they were both wearing Doctor Who shirts on the first day of school. <laughs> They're still yeah. best friends now, and yep. they're freshmen in college. <laughs> My babies. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, uh, are the, so are the, what podcasts do you listen to? I mean, so I know you... Uh, oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Let's see. Pulling up podcast app. Um, what podcast app do you podcast. use? Currently, Google Podcast. It that's has every a, podcast I want, and that's good enough for me. That's what I use as well. Um, let's see. So holistic songwriting from, uh, from the guy who does the YouTube channel, hype harmony, which goes into, which goes really deep into the fundamentals of music theory. Like most people would talk about an interval and talk about the distance between the notes. He goes into intervals and talks about the exact relationships between the harmonies and exactly how dissonant that makes it. He just gets so deep into it. It's, it's a little, it's, it's, it's the nerdy side of music. Oh, theory. dude! I, uh, if if you, I, writer, I love it when people geek out on things. That's 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 uh, you know, even you've, if it's not a subject we're interested yeah. in, we want you to geek out on us. That's, tell us that's what, and that's <laughs> that's the thing I like about listening to you is I I can tell you are yes. into it. 
you are it's a passion and i you that totally yeah, comes I, through i genuinely enjoy what i'm talking <laughs> about and you can tell the guy in hype harmony genuinely enjoys talking about music theory it's just it's the way that we get to talk about these things it's just fun that's awesome um freakonomics radio for obvious reasons and the writer is with ross golan uh, which is where he, ba- which is where a uh, a multi platinum songwriter sits down with other multi platinum songwriters and asks, "How'd you get here?" Hmm. Um, the so strangely podcast, which takes a recent music science peer reviewed article and talks with the researchers on the article and asks, "How'd you do that?" Explain this article. Walk us through the process. Nice instrumental which is which has parentheses around the mental it's about music therapy it's from a professional music therapist who teaches music therapy at a college and then she talks about it on her on her podcast i feel like that's kind of what music people do we do the thing and then we teach the thing and then we talk about the thing on the podcast and then we go to bed <laughs> well then the the so the mental part so that it brings like the brings in the psychology of that is that what you're saying yeah like uh she talks about we talk sometimes about how music feels good because it releases dopamine. Hmm. I'm sorry, that is a terrible description because releases dopamine is the chemical definition of feels good. Yeah. It's basically saying music feels good because it feels good. So she goes into why does music release dopamine and did about a 30 minute episode about that where she talked about, okay, how much exactly does personality play into what kind of music you like how much exactly does the type of music you're listening to change your shopping habits how much exactly does the mozart effect exist does listening to classical music as babies actually make you smarter spoiler alert no (laughs) like there's like the mozart effect is a real thing but exists for about 10 minutes and it's a very and it's almost statistically insignificant so interesting kind of thing she talks about other than that, that's cool. uh, the local, I just started, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just, that's totally cool. I mean, I, 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 one of the things, I don't know if you, if you've had, I know our episodes are way longer than yours are. So, and I, if you've had a chance to listen to, cause the, uh, uh, Don and I talk about mental health a, a good bit. And one of the, okay. one of the podcasts that we recently podcast. spoke to, uh, pop psych one Oh one, they do a podcast about mental health tropes in movies. So I think, uh, you know, so mental health, uh, you know, it would be very interesting to hear. So like how accurate is split? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause he did like, they did like a DID and uh, dissociative identity disorder and fight club, um, uh, bipolar disorder. And, uh, I believe it was uh silver linings playbook. Um, uh, suicidal ideation and 13 reasons why. So they, they kind of go, he, they take the, it's a, the host, uh, Mike, who's, he's, he's just the host. He, he actually does other podcasts as well. Uh, and Ryan, who is the therapist and they, and they kind of break it down from the layperson side as well as the therapist side. It's a, it's a very cool premise. So I like that. That is pretty cool. Yeah. So I like yeah, that as I, like, I like that with music as well. So I think that's, that's a, that's, that's a cool one. I'll have to check that one out. Because uh, speaking of which, I just barely started listening to the biology of superheroes, ooh. which is exactly what you think it is. <laughs> they did a they did a two part series, each of which was about an hour long about how exactly would you clone a dinosaur if it were possible? 
is it possible? And is yeah, they talked for two hours about that. It was kind of impressive. Nice. That's totally the kind of stuff I imagine some of my students doing someday. Okay. <laughs> I, well, I had a student once who literally, like, his brain break was watching TED Talks that were designed for kids. And one of them <laughs> yep. was about the physics of superheroes. And, and like, that will always stick out in my head because he decided that he had to tell me in detail what would happen to a body if a superhero grabbed you when you were falling at terminal velocity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he was not a pretty sight. He was a second grader at the time. <laughs> okay, something he might appreciate. I don't know. I spend more time on YouTube than on podcasts, honestly, because like when I got into this, I wanted to get into YouTube video essays, mm-hmm. and then I finished editing the audio of the first three episodes and said that was too much work. I'm not doing video yet. <laughs> Um, I did put up a video essay after a while, and now that I have a new laptop, I'm going to be getting back into video essay work. Anyway, so I spent a lot of time on YouTube watching 12 Tone, watching uh, – I just got started watching 8-Bit Music Theory, Sideways, Adam Neely, all those really nerdy music theory people who just stand there and geek out about music theory for about 15 minutes and say bye. <laughs> um, uh, because Science by Kyle Hill is one that – like this guy really shaped the tone of my show because basically the idea was, okay, let's take one thing from a recent superhero movie or a recent sci-fi movie and show what actually is the physics behind it. And it turns out most of it is right. Like he'll talk about why does Captain America's shield bounce and go, here's why. There's a good reason why it bounces. <laughs> or if somebody were to go super sane, here's how it would look, here's how it would sound, and it's exactly how it works on the anime. And that's it's that's kind YouTube. Of impressive. <laughs> that's, that's on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it's because science with Kyle Hill. And like he'll throw on you know those you know those clear whiteboards that you see at every college? Oh, yeah. Yep. He uses those in really clever, fun ways. Um, I listen to way too much lessons from the screenplay and every frame of painting. And honestly, if there's a guy with a video essay about movies, I listen to it. I'm kind of a sucker. For that. That's like, uh, who's the, who's the guy that, uh, that kind of took over for, uh, Mythbusters? The long haired, oh. long haired guy. Oh, Adam ruins everything. No, 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 no. no. That too, though. Yeah, but, yeah I um, do love Adam ruins everything. I don't know. He's, who okay, fair. But he's he's, he's a, but he's on Nerdist, and yeah. he and he does he does the same thing where he he breaks down a lot. Like he did Thor, a whole a whole bit on Thor's hammer, um, and about how Mjolnir. Does he have really long hair? Yes. That's because science was. Oh, Kyle okay. Hill. Yeah. So it's the same guy. That's yeah. the guy. Yep, that's that's him. the same guy. Yeah. So he's on Nerdist as well. Yep. Okay. Yes. Okay. He just recently started having his own. Gotcha. Job. Okay. So yeah, that's where yeah. I, I, so yes, I know exactly you're talking about that because I've seen, Great. yeah, I seen him Great. geek out on all the, all that, all the superhero uh, physics. So yeah, that's, that's yes. awesome. Why have you not told me about this? Because like I would show this to the kids at school. I, I didn't see that. Heartbeat. Okay. So <laughs> when did I get on Facebook? Yes, this is like college level <laughs> physics stuff. And he just assumes, it, you know, it. it's just nerdist. That's, that's where, not Nerdist. Well, uh, what I saw, I don't follow Nerdist. I followed Nerdist, so that's where I knew about it. So. Okay, he's got his own channel, so you can send her to that channel. Um, and like a little while ago, I started binging Adam Ruins Everything. I, yes, I, I have and a like, massive crush on him, actually. <laughs> so I, I probably watched about two hours of Adam Ruins Everything straight, <laughs> yep. and then went down and uh, and then sat down and started writing my episode about Stay by Zed and Alessia Cara. <laughs> finished it and said. That was the best episode I've ever written. (laughs) 
like I finally got the tone that I've been trying to do this whole time because I stopped listening to the sheer academic stuff and started mixing academic stuff with popular stuff and finally got the tone I wanted and then brought it to somebody and said, okay, fix it. <laughs> and then it became the best episode I've ever done. Excellent. Yeah, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've listened to your growth since the beginning and I think you've, you've been awesome. I, uh, I really, I, you know, I, I enjoy listening to you. And when we were up visiting my daughter, we were up visiting my daughter and she does not like listening to podcasts. And so I, I turned on yours because she's a, she's a music major and, and they were like, I think one of the things I said about you is that, uh, you have bite-sized content with a lot of content in that bite. So, yay! and so I, uh, so I can, I can really appreciate that. You know, what we do here, you know, we just have conversations. It's a lot of fluff and silliness. And, but I mean, so the, our content we're is fun. We're, we're, we're silly <laughs> and minimal, but I, you know, it's, and the reason we do this is to get to know you. It's just really uh, building relationships, getting to know the people behind the scenes. Cause you, you're more than just your show. And Aww. so it's, and, and, and that's true. I mean, if, if you were anybody else, I think if, if anybody else were coming in to do your show, it wouldn't, it definitely wouldn't have the same feel. So, uh, so I can appreciate your energy and your passion and it's, it's palpable, you know, when it, Yay. so I, 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 I want to thank you for bringing this to the public, to the masses, because I think it's, it's, it's fun. It's important. Uh, and it's, it's easy to digest quickly. <laughs> Thank you. Certainly. Thank you very much. Totally. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, I, I really I do look forward to each of your episodes. And it's funny because I'm so used to listening to very long episodes, uh, whether uh, <laughs> of, of things. So I'm like, OK, well, I'm not ready. I, I want to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let yours build up a little bit and then I'll go listen to chunks a, a few at a time. So. <laughs> so it's uh, unlike when I, most of the stuff I listen to that's an hour or two hours long. <laughs> trying to trying to break things down partially that's just let's be honest i don't want to edit an hour-long podcast that has a soundtrack in the background and i don't want to write an hour-long script oh yeah i had to write an hour-long script once i couldn't do it i made it to i made it to 45 minutes and said i need i need just a little (laughs) bit more time and i couldn't do it and so I just got up there and winged it and made it to an hour and 15 minutes. And that worked really easily. But like the point is, one, I don't have that much to say. But two, I don't want to edit that much. Oh, yeah. And three, this is just kind of the genre conventions of the type of show I do. Like I'm trying to do a show that's for – I. The, the reason I started doing the show in the first place was because I started watching the YouTube series Lessons from the Screenplay which takes a very specific screenwriting principle, shows how it works, why it works well, and how it was used in a single movie. It's exactly my show, Film Theory, instead of for music psychology. And it's about 15 minutes long per episode. Mm. Every video essay channel I watch on YouTube is about 15 minutes long per episode. So I'm thinking, okay, I want people who like video essays. I'm going to make it about 15 minutes long because I don't want to have to edit anymore. (laughs) Yeah, editing. It really takes me about 10 hours to edit each episode. Yeah, editing, uh, if you do what I do, um, it's pretty much just set it and forget it. So. (laughs) 
my my editing is very minimal um i i wish yeah well and you but you (laughs) your content is is more more direct and specific so i can understand you need to edit and kind of be precise and things like that whereas ours as much as conversations we're organic and yeah if you start trim if you start trimming stuff out you you'll you can pick up on some of that sometimes you're like what that sound that was weird sounding there's an edit there or you know what what happened (laughs) so yeah yeah so i'm editing an interview i had with 12 tone right now and so the problem is when you're talking about music theory, you got to explain to people what on earth you're doing. So every time that he says things like Dorian mode, I play a quick Dorian scale. Or every time that he says a minor five chord, I play a minor five chord <laughs> on top of it. That's a lot of post-production in yeah. itself. That's intense. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So that, we don't have, I don't have any of that. I, I, I EQ and normalize and that's pretty much it. So. <laughs> Oh, that's the part that I suck at. So, yeah, I have no idea how to EQ or normalize correctly. Yeah, I. Well, what do you? So, in, let's get in a little sausage making. What 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 kind of gear do you use? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not kidding. The university I attend, Brigham uh, Young University, it's a 20 minute walk. I go up to campus. I walk into their sound booth. I sit down with my script. I record. I walk oh, out. Okay, that is oh, my recording all process. Right. Hey, I have I, no idea what kind of mic it is or what kind of foam <laughs> I use. Or, dude, I use GarageBand. I actually I use Logic. I just barely got back to GarageBand. I'm going back to Logic this week. I use Logic and I use whatever microphone they have. That is the extent of my tech knowledge. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm more in the tech techie end of things. Whereas, uh, you know, I've got shore mics and I use uh, Reaper. Reaper has, has been really kind of for me, a lifesaver uh, on, on editing. So if, uh, and it's well worth the price. In fact, you can get it f- uh, free for 60 days. Um, and then after that, if you want to buy it, it's 60 bucks and it's a, it's a really powerful uh, DAW. So, and what's the promo code that we should use to get ten percent off our first purchase? <laughs> I wish, I wish I, I wish had I sponsors wish. that I could uh, that I could do that. But uh, lo and behold, uh, not yet. So, one of these days, you do uh, have an Amazon wish list. Though. I do, <laughs> but yeah, I, I do. I do recommend Reaper, and there's some. Uh, there's some really good YouTube videos since you're a YouTuber. Uh, uh, there's a guy who does um, voiceover work, uh, and his channel is called Booth Junkie. And um, he gives a whole setup of how to do uh, how to set up Reaper for voiceover. Um, and that's kind of why I ended up getting Reaper is watching his videos and listening to his voice. His voices. He's got. He's just got this very smooth perfect uh recording voice you know you, he's, oh, one, he's one of those guys it's just really you're like I, he's just got a really nice voice <laughs> you know so <laughs> so i was listening so he, he and he covers how to set all that up and how to do the editing in it and i've also found some other uh some uh some other sites uh, that kind of give even more technical details of how to set up for podcasting even. So that's kind of where I'm, where I'm at now is Reaper is, has been, I started off with, um, audacity, which is free, which is a good program. It just was not good enough for what I was hoping to do. 
And uh, it's I because of the kind of podcast I'm doing, mm-hmm. I have to have a certain level of program. I mean, I can't do a single track program right. for obvious reasons. I need to be able to loop stuff. I need to be able to fade stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of technical stuff going on. The editing, it's just insane. And so I see people talking about Audacity. I'm like, nope, can't do that. Yeah. I wish that'd be really convenient. Not happening. Yeah, uh, Reaper Reaper is really good. If if uh, it's definitely worth checking out for you know even just the sixty day period to to play with it. Um, if you if you can make time to to learn it, but it's uh, I mean it's and it's not difficult to learn, and there are lots of cool plugins that you can get for free for it. So. Uh, definitely something worth checking out, but, uh, and I've, yeah, I know a lot of folks use GarageBand cause that, that comes, I believe that's free on, on the, on the Mac on Apple. On, on yeah. Apple yeah. So, so I understand a lot of people use that. That's kind of like the, the audacity version for Apple. So, <laughs> so I went back to GarageBand for like a week and realized, nope, that's not going to work for my show. Yeah. I need to be able to fade better than GarageBand fades. And so I went back to logic. So is it L O G I C? Yeah, L-O-G-I-C, Logic Pro X. Pro X. It's GarageBand, but it's the $200 version of GarageBand. Understood. It's just more professional. That's yeah. it. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, and then there's, I mean, I know there's a ton of other ways out there. I'm, I'm, I know you're also on the podcast support network like I am, uh, and I know you, you post questions out there quite, uh, every so often. So, uh, yeah, I know that... Uh, there's a lot of lot of information that go that goes back and forth, which has been a it's been a huge help for me to learn <laughs> what what we're doing here. So, uh, you know, being that we're both kind of all new at this, <laughs> so I just barely started doing interview episodes, and man, it's been insane. Yeah, and I know uh, one of your episodes, you had uh, David Rosen uh, from Piecing It Together. I believe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he was one, he was also one of my very first interviews. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, so yeah, I, I really enjoy building and supporting, helping build and support this community of indie podcasters, because I think, uh, what we do is just as important as what the bigger guys are doing. And I think what, well, I certainly hope that I can influence people through my show in the same ways the bigger guys are doing. Oh yeah. You, I mean, I know you, I've, Anytime that, you know, I've like, I've told, told my daughter and her friends who are, you know, that are music people about your show. Uh, and, and I've, you know, I've given you a shout out a number of times in the, in our Twitter and on the show. So I, 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 Thank I, you for I, that, I by the way. And, and it's, and it's not just because I was trying to get an interview. It's really because I dig your show and I think what you're doing is awesome. Thanks so much. So, um, let's, uh, if I could, um, I'd like to have you, do two things for me. Uh, Sounds good. Okay. What's up? Uh, your and you can do this in any any order you prefer. Uh, your your contact info. How, so how we find you and all the different places, whether it's uh, web, email, uh, your social media, whatever. You're, and your elevator pitch for your show, because I want to I want to make sure that we have exactly in your own words what you're all about. Alrighty. So my show is called Song Appeal. You can find it on any podcasting app. Uh, You can also find it at songappealofficial.com. You can contact me over Twitter at Song Appeal or on Instagram at Song Appeal or on Facebook at facebook.com slash songappealofficial, where you'll find the show Song Appeal, which talks about the psychology behind why you like your favorite songs. Excellent. Um, 
Um, and also, you you have a Patreon as well, correct? I do. It's patreon.com slash song appeal, where I post some exclusive minisodes. I post exclusive interviews. I post sneak peeks to episodes. Nice. So, uh, and, and you have things that are just, I mean, exclusive to the Patreon site, correct? Oh yeah. All, all those things, the, the sneak peeks, the minisodes, the interviews, those are all, those are all Patreon exclusives. Uh, everything else, the normal episodes that are like 11 to 15 minutes long. Those are all very, uh, those are all very public. Right on. Right. So, and, uh, and so final question for you, what have, uh, what have you found most surprising in starting your show and do and going through the process of making your show that you've learned along the way? That is a good question. Um, I'm trying to think of something. Nothing's actually like jumping out at me. Um, I think a lot of it is just how much research goes into an episode like this. Mm -hmm. Where I can spend 20 hours researching for a single episode easily. Actually, I, I usually spend 20 hours a week just on research and a little while ago, I went into a peer-reviewed article and read the first two pages and the last two pages. Like, there are a, there's a lot of research going into this, but at the same time, how much fun that research can be. Did you know that peer-reviewed journal that that academic journal articles can actually be an enjoyable read? <laughs> like, you, you think that would be really daunting, but you actually open it up and think, oh. That was kind of fun. If you're looking at it for pleasure, I can maybe see that. But <laughs> having, yeah. having just finished school as an almost 40 year old, I'm, I don't want to look at another academic paper for a while. <laughs> that That's fair. But like there's a lot there's a lot to research here and there's a lot to learn here. And it's been just an absolute blast learning all these things. I just didn't expect how much learning I would be doing here. I didn't know like any of this before starting the podcast. I didn't know any of the information that I talk about. That's awesome. I think, you know, if you can learn something new every day, uh, you know, and especially if you can teach that to others, that's an awesome, you have a gift. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Thank you. So I, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate what you're doing and I, I always look forward to each of your episodes and, and seeing what you're delving into, even if it's music that I'm completely uh, unaware of because I, I don't know modern pop music <laughs> at all. Well, and I, I have this theory that um, Salt Lake City kind of tests out new songs because uh, when my when my friend Katie lived in Salt Lake, I remember visiting there and hearing a song that wasn't popular in Seattle for another month. And she was singing along to it because it had been playing there for a while. So, like, my theory sprung from there, of course. But listening to your podcast, there were a lot of songs where I was like, I have never heard that. And I have 10-year-olds in my classroom that I promise you will have told me about a hit <laughs> song like that. <laughs> so usually what I do is I just go on the charts. Mm. And I try to find a song that does a good job talking about what I'm uh, that does a good job doing what I'm talking about. Sometimes I have to go a couple years back, <laughs> like a lot of years back. I just did an episode about Bohemian oh, Rhapsody. Yes. with good reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that was my gateway episode. By the yep. way, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. It was really good. Oh yay! Thank you. I don't know. It's. Uh, 
I'm not doing songs that like are only known in Salt Lake because I want songs that like everybody will know. Oh yeah. And but what I was saying is like let's be honest, <laughs> I will never have a song that everybody knows. Yeah. And I will never be able to get every single song to be something that everybody oh, of knows. Not. But I want it to be as well known as possible. No, I I think you I I'm learning things. So you know, and my if I, if I can if if me and my my 50 year old brain can uh, can pick up these things that you're that you're putting out out there, I uh, I think anybody can 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 pick this up and learn and enjoy it uh, right along with you. Thanks so much. Certainly. And uh, and you know if uh, if you do decide to come out to PodCon, <laughs> we're gonna sing. Okay, so. <laughs> Or maybe, right. maybe we can Skype from the after party <laughs> and so you can sing there but not the Adam. Remote singing? I don't know. We had a we had a hard enough time setting up the technical issues with this. <laughs> but so uh but Hunter, we, we really appreciate having you on. I think, you know, I you you do great work and uh I will uh I will continue to uh, shout your praises because what you're doing is, is awesome and fun. And it's uh learn. I, I always had as, as a kid learning when I was trying to learn music, when I was being taught guitar, it was just very straightforward. Okay. This is an A, this is, you know, mm-hmm. and it was, there was nothing fun about it. And I think what you're doing, if you're bringing it, bringing the fun along with, with the, uh, with the information, it makes it so much easier to 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 ab- absorb. Thanks so much. Certainly. So, uh, Hunter, I hope you have uh, an amazing rest of your shows, uh, and we will we will definitely keep shouting your praises uh, and giving you shout outs on the on the social medias and as well as the show. So, uh, I uh, and we hope to have you back. Probably in about a year, maybe we can uh, rehash and see where you are and what what's what's changed. If you're up for that, thanks. Beautiful. That that could be good. We'll see in about a year. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thanks again, Hunter, and we really do look forward to having you on again. And thank you so much for being on our show. Take care. <laughs>